Yeah, definitely what I encourage everyone to do is meet with your team first. I mean, we, we kind of joked about it earlier, you know, the person that you were managing uh, or friends with, you're not managing and leading. But I, I've seen the, the, the people who've been promoted and they wait a week or two to get everything perfect and get all their ducks right. in a row. And just, yeah. it, it's, it's the wrong approach because your team is going through a bit of a, you know, small crisis as well, because yeah. they're now having a new leader that they have to report to or understand or figure yes. out how to work with and how to join with. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the day after sit down, have a meeting with them. You don't know what else they're working on, you know, when you're in yeah. that friend role. So what are you working on? What are you doing? And lastly, you end it with like, what do you need me to do to help you out? And it's definitely not a meeting to go over your LinkedIn credentials. They, they have all that and can check it out. <laughs> but it's what do you need help with? And that's kind of the first start to get it going. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. I'm really excited today, you know, as you've probably identified over the last, uh, you know, year and a half, uh, two years of our, of our podcast launch, we're having more and more amazing people reach out to our podcast. They think they've got something to offer. And, uh, you know, if, if I listen to them, I see what they're offering and I think it's going to make a difference for our leaders, I bring them on. And so Greg Thomas has written a book called Code Your Way Up. And he has been a developer, technical lead, architect, project manager, project lead, and vice president. And he he basically is in the coding industry and, and is talking about rising to the challenge of software leadership. In this podcast, though, we're not just talking about coding and software, because I know we have some people very excited about those fields. Um, we, we know that we have lots of people excited and what they're mostly excited about is leadership. So everything that we talk about here is how moving into a career, do I make that next step in leadership? How do I understand culture in a, in a, in a bigger organization? And we just have, we really dig in deep in a lot of topics. I know you'll love it. And it's what you need to really be thinking about your career and thinking about choices and thinking about how people ex- really succeed in, in, in organizations, you know, because as leaders, it's not going to work if we just all of a sudden say, oh, someone taps you on the shoulder and says, now you're a leader. Okay, go. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about this, this pod. We need to be thinking about why uh, and, and how we're going to be that leader when we get that chance. And that's one of the reasons why the Student Works Management Program has been so successful at developing so many, you know, incredible leaders, so many millionaires over the years is, is because we start so early and we, we coach and train and lead, you know, our, our students to really be taking on things at such a, such a young age, well before their peers. And so one thing that I just, again, want to highlight is if you know of an amazing young leaders looking for an opportunity to really step up their leadership uh, in these crazy times, we need more leaders than ever before. By the way, one of our leaders, Pat Dubray, has just created a 
a business or a, a technology. He just reached out to me last night that is that is going to clean personal protection um, equipment. And his his concept is that personal protection equipment could be used 30 to 50 times. And he's just looking for funding. He was reaching out to me last night. And it just shows, again, someone who's, and, and you know, he's in the mining industry. They're no longer, you know, mining. He's, he's basically putting all of his efforts into this opportunity, making no money because he wants to make a difference in the world. That's what we want to do in the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast, in the Student Works Management Program, is, again, call people to their highest self. So, again, if you know any leaders, have them apply at leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Send them our, 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 the, the, the link to our podcast. You could send me an email for any feedback or thoughts at chris at leaderspodcast.ca. And I want you to have a super fantastic day. Thanks so much. So, Greg, uh, welcome uh, to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Really excited to have you on this morning. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Awesome, awesome. So, um, you know, one of the things that that brought you here was the the book you uh, just uh, wrote and are are promoting is is Code Your Way Up. So, what prompted you to you to write this book, Greg? You know, when I think back on uh, on the pieces that went into it, it was it was a number of things. Uh, the the first part more as a manager and leader was seeing developers kind of struggle when they kind of start to take on those leadership roles. You know, like all the people call them soft skills. Uh, I call them some of the hardest skills that you have to learn. Really, yes. are kind of like how to how to manage people, how to lead them, yeah. uh, how to get the best out of your team, how to lead yourself. And and when I thought about the problem set, I, I thought you know it actually goes back to when you start your career. So like when you would start as a developer and some of those traits, if you start building in from day one as a junior developer and intermediate and senior, and and you keep adding more and more, then when you get to having to make that transition, it's not such a huge leap Um, filled with anxiety and worry of, you know, can I do this? Can I not do this? So, so really like those two perspectives is where it is where it started and came from. Awesome. For me, it's it's like you're already swimming in the world that exists. Meaning, if you think um, getting along with people is a soft skill, yeah. <laughs> like or or understanding, gee, how can team dynamics work and how can everyone work together is kind of like something I should figure out later. It's kind of funny, right? So, mo- but it's it's true that most people really don't consider again. What's what's actually driving value for the customer? What's actually driving value for my employer? What's or my boss? And understanding that when I come into an organization, so then as a result, I can really succeed earlier. And then later on, when I'm stepping into those roles, I've actually kind of already acted. Well, what if I was in Greg's role? What would I have done? Oh, that's interesting. And also, I can even ask Greg, Greg, why did you do that? I was interested. You know, we had this meeting. What were you thinking of? Right. So you can actually be kind of playing the game before you're playing the game. Well, yeah. And like one of your your earlier points that you mentioned is, is, you know, the moment someone takes over that management leadership role and then they their first meeting with the team yes. the day after, that is always an awkward scenario because yesterday we were sitting side by side and being buddy buddies and going out for lunch. And today I gotta ask you 
did you get everything done that you were supposed to have done on, on your plate? Right. Right. Yeah. So, so the yeah. dynamic can shift very quickly. Um, right. You know, and, and, and software is where I came from and computers and technology. Uh, right. I imagine in any in, in industry as well. Right. Where like, it just, it just turns on a dime for that person. And it's an influx of emotions that they have to deal with. Yeah. And you're right for the, and for our leaders who are, who are listening. Yes. We've got, this scenario that we're going to talk away about today is software leadership, but it could be marketing leadership, management leadership, sales leadership, is that leaders in our, who listen to our podcast want to be very, very successful and grow in their organizations or start their organizations. So yes, we're talking about software leadership, but it's the same in every, every organization. You know, I, I, I just all of a sudden became the boss. How does that work? Or, you know, what struggles face, you know, software developers or other people um, as they look to grow their careers, in your opinion, Greg? So I think one of the biggest struggles, like from a software's perspective, is, is there's a constant learning uh, that's always going on from a technology perspective, always staying on top, advanced technologies. I mean, even just this week, I, I was uh, starting a new project and I myself don't do a lot of web design anymore. But every time I find I, I take on a new project and I have to go back to it, it takes me, you know, a week to really get back into it and go, oh, yeah, this is how this works and this is how that yeah. works, right? So you, you have that, that piece that people are already doing. And then now you're adding this, oh, yeah, now go do this other big thing, which mm. at first they kind of go is like, can you just manage this team? Right. And, but it's really this big thing that takes up a lot of their time. And one of the biggest problems I see initially is... Uh, the new manager going like, well, everything I've done in my career to date, you're now saying, don't worry about it anymore because I'm going right. to focus on this brand new area, which yeah. I've done zero investment on yes. to this point. So they're flipping out in some cases or, or having this yeah. identity crisis of, I can't do this thing that defines me anymore. And now you want me to start from ground zero with everybody expecting me to be a superstar at it. Right. Yeah, no, and it's and and you know it's it, it really is true that it's why a lot of times those promotions don't work. A lot of times people are promoted and and you know they call it the Peter principle, people get promoted till they till they fail, right? Like yeah. I, I you know and and so you know for leaders they need to be thinking, okay, I'm not going to fail, I'm going to excel. I've got to be working on these attributes in advance of these opportunities. I've got to be thinking about how, how these, how these work, you know, cause, cause you talk about a lot the, the loss of identity. What about the best training tools developers can take advantage early in their career? So definitely like, I think it helps a lot for developers to start small. Um, mm -hmm. You know, leadership is this big mind shift change and it's, there's a million different articles on what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And it, it can be very overwhelming with trying to find the path that works. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure you've seen it before too, where it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's very much, Oh, this, this, this guy at this company is doing it perfectly. Yes. I'll just go do what he's doing because, or, or what she's doing because they're a superstar and everybody loves them. Yeah. But the problem with that approach is that, you don't know that industry, like when you talked earlier about different industries, you yep. don't know their industry, you don't know what their environment is, you don't know uh, all the other checks and balances they're going through. Are they, you know, a Microsoft with like 100,000 plus employees? Right. Or are they a small startup with five, 10? Right. Yes. So 
in, in terms of training, like, and, and things to think about, I always kind of try and just say to people, like, focus on what you don't want to do first on, on how, what kind of leader you don't want to be. And then, right. and then at least that gives you a bit of a playground to work within, right? Because if you go mentally, just whatever I do inside of this, it'll be better than if I did any of that other stuff. Right. And, and in terms of training tools, yeah, it's great to see what all these other people are doing, but I, I've, I've seen people who just blindly follow and, and they get to the end and they go, well, I don't understand why it didn't work for me. Right. But, yes. but the, the, the scenarios and, and the environments are completely different. So recognizing that is pretty key. Yeah. And I think there's another, another piece is you're right. The milieu or the environment you're in is also is a big factor, but another factor is, is if I had real, um, mentors in, in, you know, for me, you know, one of them was, you know, the, the, the two owners of this business, in other words, my father, you know, so different people who really were really key mentors in me being the person that I am, I'm a lot different than all those three people, you know? And, and they're amazing and I'm amazing, but, but it's like, I had to discover myself while looking at them. Right. So that's what I think good leaders do is, is because if I'm going to be somebody else, I'm going to be a bad second rate, that person, at least I can be a first rate Chris Thompson. Well, and, and we were just talking about this before the podcast. I mean, everything that's going on in the world right now with this pandemic, right. there's going to be a different generation or of leaders that are created as a result of that, 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 that have their beliefs rooted into everything that's going on now. Like when you were talking about people and companies, like their different levels of preparedness. Yes. That is going to be a dramatic shift in the next five years as, as leaders are sprouting up to having to deal with this as companies yeah. are laying off and okay, we've got, you know, Jeff or Jane here, like they're going to have to step up and yeah. Um, yeah. you know, that's going to shift just like you said. Yeah. And we were saying as well that, that in these more trying times, the best get more opportunities, the best yeah. exceed more, the best separate themselves more. And again, it's, it's unfortunate, like, you know, so, so again, I don't have a solution for this. It's an unfortunate for people who, who don't excel, who aren't as prepared. And again, that's why in Canada, it feels great being Canadian that there's just a lot of, a lot of nets to help catch people and help secure people, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So that we're a, the nurturing nation that we are. However, you know, on the other side is, is that there really is an opportunity in these breakdowns. And this is literally a breakdown of our society for other people to go, great, this is an opportunity for me. And, and as, if I don't get in my head and I'm worried about things, no, I can see where can I do better as a result of this? Yeah. No, hundred uh, percent agree. Yeah. yeah. No, that's great. So what do you think, you know, when, you know, our young leaders get started on their first jobs or, you know, what should they be focused on in the first few days, weeks, or months when they start that new job? Yeah, definitely what I encourage everyone to do is meet with your team first. I mean, we, we kind of joked about it earlier, you know, the person that you were managing uh, or friends with, you're not managing and leading, but I, I've seen the, the, the people who've been promoted and they wait a week or two to get everything perfect and get all their ducks right. in a row and just yeah. it, it's it's the wrong approach because your team is going through a bit of a you know small crisis as well because yeah. they're now having a new leader that they have to report to or understand or figure yes. out how to work with and how to jive with yeah. so yeah. you know the day after sit down have a meeting with them you don't know 
what else they're working on, you know, when you're in yep. that friend role. So what are you working on? What are you doing? And lastly, you end it with like, what do you need me to do to help you out? Yeah. And um, it's definitely not a meeting to go over your LinkedIn credentials. They, they have all that and can check it out, <laughs> but it's, what do you need help with? Yeah. And, and that's kind of the first start to get it going. Yeah. You know, af- after that initial meeting and few weeks of kind of stumbling, definitely starting up one-on-ones with the, with the team yeah. getting going. And, and those are, those are hard for people because there's a lot of awkwardness and kind of sitting across from someone and trying to pull stuff out of them. And not everyone wants to talk. I mean, I I remember I had one team member early on who I think we had four one-on-ones that were pretty blah. Right. But the fourth one, the floodgates just opened. Right. Awesome. And uh, it was like, Oh, this was fantastic. But I didn't realize until, but it took those first three to probably get them to that point to go, okay, yeah. like, like this, this trust is here. There's concern. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Like, let's do this. Right. Absolutely. Um, and then, so definitely when I think about big things in, in the first little while, and, and like we said, like none of those are technology related, like that will fall yes. into place software yeah. development. Like those are the problems you can help with, you know, pick up the loose scraps for them, but having those meetings with your team, Uh, having the meetings with them one-on-one, like those are the big things. Yeah. And so two things that I wanted to sort of point to, I I love what you had to say, Greg, was number one, there's an elephant in the room that gets created when you get promoted in maybe a group of 10 or, you know, oh, wow, all of a sudden you're the one picked. So you have to address that right off the bat. Hey, I got this promotion. I hope everyone's happy. I hope you're not too concerned. We can talk about that, you know, and I know it may be a little bit awkward, and I, I don't want it to be awkward. I want, I want to be able to provide really great value as your manager. I know last week we were coworkers. We're still coworkers. Now they picked me as captain of the team. I hope everyone's okay with that. You know, if you're not, then maybe we can talk side, you know, just you, you and me, but I just want to, you know, it's kind of like you throw it out there because yeah. it's something that there may be people feeling a, a certain way about it. And then, you know, one book that I really highly recommend is Weekly Coaching Conversations by Brian D'Souza. It's a New York bestsellers and basically whole concept of the one-on-one. And he has just written an amazing book on how to have effective one-on-ones. And one of the reasons why I feel it's so amazing as well is because so much of that book is how we have our one-on-ones. Okay, <laughs> so, that's so, great. But I just love it. I love his models. And it's something that, you know, the whole world is switching to a coaching modality and that's where we've been for decades or we wouldn't be able to get the success that we've had. And that's what, that's what really people want to be. They they don't want a boss who's going to tell them what to do. They want a boss who's going to help them discover what to do. Right. And and again, in those one-on-ones, you know, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. And so great, great team culture. How do you work on that? What are the elements that really matter? Yeah. Like for, for team cultures, I mean, I really think it's it starts with the small little things that you do as a team working together. Um, you know, again, going back to these companies that put out these massive culture decks that people try to follow um, with some success, and they go, "Well, why did it work for us?" Right. Well, you're totally different from everybody else, right? Right. And a team culture, I've always felt like, can be totally distinct from like take tenets from the corporate culture. Right. But but you can also have like, you know, we're a team that's doing R&D work and we're focused on doing this on 
new development and new applications, which is different than the ones that are doing maintenance or whatever, or, or we're kind of being run as these like little startups within a company. Right. So you're going to have a different culture off the, off the bat. Um, definitely my biggest uh, concern that I've seen over the last years is, is kind of leaders and managers kind of coming up with the culture and then doing the nice pretty presentation and going like, here's our culture and this is how right. we're going to be. It's definitely an evolutionary thing, and it's something that you should have your team involved with you on day one because culture is really all about adoption. And if your team yes. isn't going to adopt the tenants that you're putting forward and not going to believe in them, then uh, it's never going to change. So it's always going to be those, you know, pictures on a wall that people look at and go like, yeah, well, you know. We we're not that. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> that was that was last year, and there's a new picture going up this year. Yeah. And and don't stress it. Just, you know, start with one thing, do that really well, mm-hmm. get it into like, what was someone telling me the other day that, uh, I think it's a common thing, but 21 days to create a habit. Yes. So, so if you're thinking about one tenant every, you know, month, then start small and think about like the long game about, okay, at the end of the year, guys, or, and everyone, this is where we want to be. How do we, you know, either do 10 things over the course of the right. year that, that gets us there. Culture and culture change is is quite difficult, um, and, and and like again, just 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 to highlight on uh, the current affairs, like a lot of people are going through this now. Like this whole remote work scenario is a massive culture change for a lot of people that aren't used to working remotely and only right. being able to engage with people through uh, mics, and mics and computers yeah. and zooms yeah. and and yeah. headphones. Right? They don't have yeah. that personal touch so 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 teams are having to change their their approach to culture as well right yeah no you know for me um a big part of culture is is establishing values or you know i think a lot of times businesses just get created and they're just getting created and then all of a sudden it's oh wow we should start you know and i think that's what happened in our business we should establish some values and then you establish values by actually asking your people what do we value your yeah. best people what do you value? And those, those really, and, and, and of course led to a certain degree, maybe more by the entrepreneur because they really become the, the rules of the company. But, and then by putting them out there in your recruiting process and you're really looking to sort of say, here's who we are, you know, here's the list of things we are that you have people, you know, really compelled to j- come join you and other people repelled going, Oh, I don't believe in those values. You know, yeah. like I, I, you know, I'm a, uh, a non-philosophy philosophy teacher, you know, I have a real <laughs> philosophy that we teach in our business and a lot of it's around our values. And I get that some people don't like that, which is wonderful because we want to attract people who really believe in what we're up to. And then there's real alignment, right? Then you get real culture and excitement and, uh, and it is really hard to change culture for sure. You know, it's, it's even hard just to tweak a culture and make it better in certain ways, right? And really amp, you know, maybe one part of your your key values. So, yeah, I, I mean, and even within a company, right? I mean, I remember yes. we were uh, running a team and, and and we kind of had this philosophy as a team that like, look, it's everybody in and if one person is staying late, then, you know, we're all staying late. So, so that mm. person is staying late as everybody else. Uh, and I remember interviewing someone internally and just kind of talking to them very briefly about that. And, and we were in a, like a startup in a very dynamic company and yeah. um, didn't think anything of it. But I remember the next day I was like, yeah, I'm going to withdraw my application. <laughs> yes. yes. We we're like, okay, like that's, that's totally fine. Is, is, but that's kind of what we've built. And that's also what we need to get this done. So yeah. 
Um, so it's fine. Well, and it's funny, uh, Govin Yayarman, one of our most successful alumni, he's up in Ottawa as well, running a medical startup. And he basically says, we work from, he has a great way of describing it, but we work really hard and it's nine to five or eight to five and we're done, yeah. you know, and don't bring work home. Yeah. And don't, you know, like, like they're, this is their culture. Let's go really, really effectively. And then we can go focus on the rest of our lives, yeah. you know, and that, that's, that's really important. So, you know, again, there's not one way to do it, but it's one way to attract people, you know, and for him, it's, I'm, I'm looking to attract people who really want to come in and just aggressively get everything done because they're motivated to, to get their work done here and then to get their work done, you know, sorry, not their, get, get, get on with their lives afterwards. And, and I can imagine wow. for some people that 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 is a bit of a struggle to do. Or like you just want yes. to focus on this for you know the eight or nine hours and nothing else. And just yeah, and yeah, I mean, there was someone I used to work with that that he was exactly like that. You know, between nine and five, amazing, just incredible. But he's also I get it all done. I do it all. I do just as much yeah. as everybody else. But you know, this is where I go hard and like, no, I'm not going out for lunch and and yeah. just very focused during that time. But not everybody could do that because that's stuff some people need breaks and stuff. One hundred percent. So what about can everyone lead? Is this practical? Yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean I mean, and one of the things I, I highlight early on in the book is leadership just isn't about managing people and managing a team. If it's something that you want to try out, I definitely encourage uh, especially developers, and we start seeing an emerge of like kind of developers being able to take on more, manage this little project, this customer issue, um, this one or two kind of devs. Um, right. Starting with the small, but but what you find is there are some people that are very good at managing you know complex customer problems, customers you know blowing up on site. They want to throw out the software because it's not working the way they want, and maybe right. they have very unique scenarios that you know, the software just isn't, isn't ha- ha- uh, handling. And and I do know a number of people that amazing customer-facing software developers that we would send, you know, on-site for two or three months at a time to work with a customer. Right. And the customer would come back and was like, that was amazing. I mean, this person came in and they, like, restored our faith in your, right. in your software and your company. We're ready to throw right. it out. We now understand everything. They understand us. Like we feel that there's that trust there. Did those people want to lead a team of eight or nine developers? No. Like that was too much for them, or no. or, or just a different set of skills that it required. Like when we go back to those hard skills, right? So, so I've always thought, yes, everybody can lead. Everybody is good at leading different areas of projects. Like right. some people are very good at running maintenance teams and support mm-hmm. teams and right trials and you know like there's all these different aspects of leadership so so when you hear someone going you know you should just focus on that because that's what you're good at and you don't need to lead it's kind of well like let's not go full bore on that uh they are very good at leading a multitude of other areas that we're not so it's kind of I think the goal of leaders and managers is then trying to find out where can those people lead very well, because if they mm-hmm. become those high performers, like there's that myth of like the, the 10 times engineer, right? That, that if you can find those people, then put them into where they will succeed very well at leadership. Um, right. But it comes in different, in different bits, as I'm sure you've seen uh, across your various roles. Yeah. And, and one of the things for me is, is that, I think, you know, first of all, 
you know, like, like you said, that the, the, the amazing technician, you know, and you know, I know companies like Microsoft, it's like, you know, we don't have them in leadership roles. They just are incredible coders and we're allowing them and we're, we're paying them and rewarding them incredibly well. And they're not in leadership roles. They're not looking to have leadership roles, but all great people in our organization need to be followers, good followers as leaders. And, and by the way, leaders need to be good followers because yeah. as a leader, like I'm quote unquote, you know, one of the leaders of our organization, I'm the head coach and I'm in front of the room a lot. A lot of times I'm not. And there a lot of times as well, like I'm really not even involved in decisions. You know, I like to joke it's above my pay grade, yeah. uh, but, but it's, <laughs> it's like th- those decisions are handled by other people. And I just say, I agree. Like that, those decisions have been, have been agreed on. And so I need to be a good follower. And so sometimes, um, it's just understanding who do I want to be in my life? And, and again, you know, for me, it'd be like, what do you like? What do you enjoy? What do you excel at? Go in that direction. So it's not necessarily, you know, does everyone, and obviously Greg and I are interested in being leaders. That's pretty yeah. clear about what we're doing. Right. But, and it's okay if, if they're not now, again, by the way, Everybody listening to this podcast is interested in being a leader because <laughs> leaders of tomorrow, you know, those are the themes. There's no way they'd be tuning in. So, but it's, it's interesting for them. It's kind of getting a clear, it's like, I'm okay not having a leader necessarily in different parts of my organization, you know, the organization I'm in or another organization I might be, as long as they're good followers. Okay, good. I get it. I want to help, help support it. Because one of the biggest things we always need as leaders is we always need someone who's going to just tell us the truth. Oh, hey, Chris, what you had to say there, it didn't make sense. Yep. Or uh, people didn't link, uh, they, they didn't follow that. Or, you know, after the call, there was this conversation that came up. And again, nothing wrong about what you said, but oh, okay, okay, they okay, great. And and so that they're they're coming in around you and supporting you. And again, not not finding something wrong, um, but just telling you, letting, supporting the group, supporting everyone, supporting the, the the mission of the company. Yeah, like one question that I always think is pretty good to ask uh, for a new leader to ask themselves is, uh, you know, who do you want to be when you grow up? Love that. And it's and it's not like when we're kids, it's very like, you know, I want to be a fireman or a doctor or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But when you're kind of starting out in your career and you're like, all right, so, so like you said, you know, there's these other leaders around. So like, do I want to be like them? Like what, where do I want to focus in? Yeah. And once you kind of focus on like, Oh, actually this person who's very focused, who's more of an informal leader, they yeah. focus a lot on the work. Um, but I still see a lot of people coming to them, asking them questions, yes. but, but they yes. but they don't directly manage them. Yes, yes. Like, like, like that's the kind of person I want to be. Yeah. So whether, you know, they're, they're on your pretty org chart or not your, your line. Yes. It's like, well, <laughs> well, that is, that is the person that, that like, like you're saying, it's like, I, I want to follow that person and figure out yeah. how do I get to be to there? Because that's the kind of leader that I can be. So, so yeah, like that, that was a great point that, that, that you made. Yeah, no, I love, I love that. Um, you know, and, and again, the, you know, the quote unquote org chart that's, uh, you know, and not saying that org charts aren't good. No, you know, that, that can be good, but, but hundred percent, all the people who, who support an organization to do what they do. Hey leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the student works management program. In large part, That's how I got to meet these amazing people 
and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. So, you know, one of the things I always like to talk about is, is training. You know, how do you, how do you continue to develop in your career, continue to develop moving forward? What, what are, what are things that you recommend, uh, Greg? Uh, so, so training from my side, I think it comes into, uh, in two lanes. So one, like I still focus on the technical component of my job. So coding and developing, I've always loved, I mean, I've always kept that as part of, uh, my job, whether I'm leading or not. So, um, I, I find doing like a lot of courses online are fantastic for that now. Right. You know, and, and I really think for new developers, like conferences are fantastic. They're a great way to network and meet with people and hang out with your team and do bonding. I've, I've never left a conference kind of like, okay, like I have this focused amount of material in my head now. I know what right. to do. It's always kind of like this fire hose of, okay, yeah, like I saw, I saw a lot. Yeah. I think I got one or two things out of uh, that that yes. like, we'll plan to play. So, so I've always been, you know, from that side, very focused on yourself training. Like there's Udemy, Pluralsight, and all these other things that are, you know, yeah. you know, prices of coffee. I mean, um, you know, a week's worth of coffee that, you know, you have a course that's eight hours of content. Right. So, so definitely from that side, from, from the, the leadership growth side, I mean, there's, there's like podcasts such as this, um, so many books and, yes. and, and approaches that, you know, like I, I could just name a ton that yeah. uh, are so useful to keep going on. So like, even just like trying to focus on one book a month. Yeah. And, and even like, I think there's what I find, what I found interesting when writing the book is um, there's a lot of software books and they're all focused on software management. Right. And but then inside of them, some of them would talk about leadership or they or they they'd carve out a chapter on leadership of like 18 right. chapters. Right. And I kind of went like, OK, like it's the reverse we need to start doing because it's, it's yes. like we need we need the, the, the software leaders. And I'm sure it's like in other industries, like we need the leaders first and not like the, yeah. the management is a component of it. Right. Well, and you're you're so right. Um, you know, again, uh, Mark Cox, who 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 was on our podcast, uh, um, he sold a billion dollar deal, and he he's he runs a sales organization called In the In the Funnel, and coaches small to medium sized organizations about how to put structure and and systems in place for sales organizations. And he basically believes that again, a lot of the big organizations have sales management down. Salesforce and and the different organizations and the tools and and they've got the management, but it's the leadership. The, yep. they, the leadership and the coaching is that's really missing uh, for to become really really top, you know, crushing it organizations. You know, how am I really developing my people? And that really is coming a a, a part of the leadership uh, component. And uh, and obviously that's what we really try to excel in in our organization. Not saying we've got lots of management, lots of tools, lots of follow up, lots of accountability, but 
the leadership is really where we, we, we like to focus. We think that's our, you know, magic sauce or whatever. You know, and, and the other one you said there too, is the coaching. Um, yeah. I think when I first started out, I was doing it informally, but, but as, as I kind of stayed in the role more, I started like, Oh, like there's this whole, there's this whole industry <laughs> around coaching people. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think then you start to realize, okay, like what, what can I do to get the best out of people? Well, also, like, I think it's called the feedback habit. Um, unfortunately, I don't have my whole book library behind me because I'm at home right. now. Uh, but it is a great book, too, on mm-hmm. having those awkward conversations with your team, but giving, you know, really qualified feedback as to, you know, how I can help you grow that doesn't come across as, you know, criticism and what you're, yes. you're, you're doing. Uh, yeah, but definitely, yeah. Like, if, if if there's a third component that is is missing early on, is becoming a really good coach is is a great strength to have to get going early on. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. Yes. And so, thinking back on, you know, one of the things we always ask our our guests is about failures. So, any big failures or setbacks, and and what did you gain from those, Greg? Oh, lots lots of releases that were late. Um, some, some high profile ones, you know, like the, the big things I, I, I learned or, or that I valued from them, uh, where, you know, we talked about that whole culture concept about like, you know, when we were working on this big project and it was like the whole team was there. And I remember right. down, down the line, we were already late, I think two months we had this oh. last month, push. but it was during the, the summer and, and without asking, like like the whole team just like, okay, like we're going to push out our vacations and stuff to get this done. And, and you kind of go like, all right, we're at the point where everyone's kind of looking, going like, okay, is this thing going to get done? Are we going to get it done? We're going to do it. Um, and then to kind of see that, that shift was like a real great moment where we kind of pulled it out of the failure. Right. And, and it's like, okay, like all that work. And, and, and that was at that point, probably a year long kind of haul right. with the team and everything. Yeah, like I, I think if you can, and I think as leaders, uh, one of your biggest things is to give your team the, the chance to fail and uh, like insulate that failure. You know, you can't do it 100%, but if you can give them right. some breathing room to try new things and keep right. going at it, um, that's going to make it work for them. So, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And so, what did you need to change about yourself, you know, as a, you know, person coming out of university to now having the career that you've had, you know, what sort of things did you need to change about yourself? That's a good question. Uh, Generally, I'm the type of person that just dives into a situation, feet first, figure it out when we get on the ground and get rolling and get there. Right. Um, I'd, I'd say over the years, there's like a little more of like, okay, before we kind of jump in, let's just take a few seconds to think about this. Before we jump in, I, right. I think the jump-ins are still there, but right. I kind of go like, all right, does everyone have a life jacket before we get in? And okay, now, now, now let's go. Yeah. yeah I'd, I'd say that's probably one of the biggest things I I'd say between university and now, um, it probably wasn't until seven or eight years after I left university that, that I kind of started to realize, um, going back to training. That, that right. it was it was really kind of up to me and in my hands as to what I wanted to do with training as opposed mm-hmm. to you know like oh they offer conferences or they'll send you here they'll send you there it was more like okay you know that that whole concept of self-directed training awesome. um, was like really kind of like oh like I own that and I can do what 
whatever I want with that. And I can leave that. And that, that did not happen. You know, you finished university and you're like, Oh, great. Like I'm done. And let's, let's, let's go do a lot whatever of people you want. See that, right. Yeah. A lot of people see it that way. Yeah. So, so there's that period of time where I was just like, okay, going to work and, and great. Send me on a conference and send me this course. Fantastic. And, and then I kind of yeah. started to go like, well, no, like I don't want to do that. Or that's not helping or, yes. or, or, or then talking to my manager and going like, look, like, is there an opportunity to do this? Because this would really help me get to there. So, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I love, I love both of those ex- examples. Uh, and again, it's that action. We, we have a philosophy. It's called Goya, get off your ass. And there's a story behind it, well, but, but you know, there's, there's, there's a real action orientation, I think to successful people. And there's also a patience. To sort of say, yes, okay, are we ready? Do we have everything? Okay, we can move forward, right? And so it's so it's both. Now, now again, I want action, uh, and and there's no question that the action in my life has most propelled me to success. And by just jolting all over the place, then that's not going to work. So again, thoughtful, prepare. Let's look. Let's be, and then be decisive and act. Yeah, so I love I love you know both of those things. And so, what what key habits would someone want to steal from you? One of some of our leaders on uh, listening to our podcast. Key habits. Uh, so, I definitely one of the sections of the book is focused on initiative, and and I, uh, one of the questions I ask earlier on, like you know, can you lead the army of one, which is you? Yeah, and I definitely think that's very key to if you want to go into leadership. Uh, if, mm. if you want to lead a group of people or something, um, you have to be able to lead yourself at, yeah. at the same time. So, so if you have goals and, and you're not kind of getting them done, or you have, uh, you know, objectives or, or, or whatever you want to call it, uh, yeah. you you need to be able to lead yourself to get that work done. And I, yeah. I mean, that, that kind of comes into play as like, if you want to call it passion and drive and, and, and all that stuff, but. But that is key uh, in mm. terms of like, like if you can do that, then it's one of those things where I see people go like, okay, like they are ready to kind of, they're, they're kind of at that stage of like, can, do they want to do more? And that's when you kind of start to see it, like someone kind of taking work on by themselves or volunteering for stuff or just jumping in to get things done. And you go like, okay, like they're at that point where now they're, they're ready for what's next. So in terms of uh, leading the army of one, if you really think as a leader, for me, it's always, well, if I can't show up on time, how can I expect my team to show up on time? Exactly. If I can't follow the values of the company, how can I expect them to? So, so it's that integrity piece. And, and that's one of the great things I think you get in leadership. If you really get leadership, which is, wow, it's for me to get my game, game together every day. You know, um, you know, and I use this example a bunch, but I guess I woke up, we woke up at the same time, my, my, my wife and, um, my partner this morning and I made the bed Yes, made very well, you know? So it's like, no, that's how you start in the morning. You know, the coffee had already been made the morning before turn it on. And there we've got our coffee and it's like, okay, you know, things are lined up. We're ready. I got a plan. You know, I woke up before my alarm, you know, so, so we're ready for a podcast, you know? So it's, it's like, you know, if I can't deliver, how can I expect my team to deliver? And so that also as well, I believe what ends up happening as well as people looking going, okay, he's doing it. I got to do it. Right. That's, that's how leadership works. Right. They're going, okay, I want to follow that model. Well, and it's the same thing with change, right? Like if you want to implement change in your team, mm-hmm. um, you need to live that change for 
a few weeks, like two or three weeks before you start talking to your team because you'll you'll tweak it out. But the hope is that at some point someone on your team's gonna go like, oh, like why why is Chris doing it that way? Like, yeah, okay, well that makes sense. So maybe I'll start doing That's that. That's really working. So then yeah. so so then it's not like at a at a meeting where it's like, guys, we're now doing this. It's like, hey, we've been doing this for a while and uh, a couple every everybody else is kind of starting to jump into it. Why don't we just keep doing it as a team and like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. Right. Nope. But, but but it's being able to lead yourself to to make that that change yourself first. And and you're right. Like I, I see a lot of times in our organizations, we've made real dramatic changes over the years about how we'll do something. And what we do is we get somebody to go do something differently and we we then we champion them. Okay, look, look what yeah. they're doing. Oh, look at these great results. Oh, wow, exactly. this is so fantastic. And then other people go, well, I want to do that. And other people lag behind. And then eventually everyone's doing it. And it's like, oh, this is so fantastic. And they forgot that there was another way that, that we used yeah. to do that. That wasn't as good. So, yeah. So, so final, final question, Greg, when you think of a leader of t- tomorrow, what do you think? Of? Wow. Uh, the leader of tomorrow. Um, the leader of tomorrow in the world of today, I think is going to like, spending some time with data a little more um yeah i think it's going to be very different than it is today um mm-hmm. so so someone who might be like 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 i think we're at this turning point where tomorrow's leaders will like yeah they'll they'll rely on data they'll maybe be a little more prag- pragmatic right um but i think at the same time what we're seeing is like a lot of companies and organizations like just pivoting on the fly. I mean, uh, so I think that that mindset as well will be like, okay, if this doesn't work, how can we easily move to that? That's a that's a big like companies like Bauer making face shields, uh, right. for, for instance. Uh, they were one of the first companies. So I think definitely the leader tomorrow is going to be very adaptable to change. Right. And not just like, okay, stuff's going wrong. Like, okay, like here's the plan for how we're going to get out of it. Right. But also at the same time, being able to analyze, you know, data and what's changing and, yeah. and being able to respond to that. Uh, like I think, and with that, with your team is that whole emotional intelligence component of it's one thing for you as the leader to be able to handle and assimilate and move with it. But, but you have this, team of people that you also have to bring along that can be yes. very resistant to do that. Right. And I think those traits are going to are, are emerging and are going to continue to emerge as, as like whatever industry you're in. It's going to be there. Oh, I know it's, I, I think you're, you know, really, really you've highlighted it's, it's kind of like the whole spectrum right? They need to be scientifically data, you know, driven and, and really what's happening, actually happening in the world, not gut feel here's, and, and now we have more and more data. And then on top of it, we need to be coaches and high EQ and, and highly skilled and highly great cultures to, to really, again, act on it. And in many ways as well, it really is impossible to be both of those people. So really what, what that means is we need to work really well in teams. Okay. And we yep. really need to go, okay, sometimes we'll push David up to the front of the room. Sometimes we'll put Mary Beth. Yeah. Sometimes we'll put it's a great point. Ezekiel, you know, and, and to sort of, you know, share, uh, who's, who's going to push this, who's going to, who's, who's going to be the best person to speak for the organization here. And, you know, at different times, you know, um, and, and again, just around ac- across this whole broad spectrum that, that really leadership entails. Yeah. No, that, that's actually a great point that, you know, 
teams with multiple leaders uh, yeah. supporting those endeavors because, yeah, they are a very two different set of traits. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so Greg, thank you very much for, for making time today. Um, and, uh, I really appreciate it. And, uh, and again, you've added so much value to the leaders of tomorrow podcast. Thanks a lot for having me. It was a great experience. Okay. Fantastic. Have a fantastic day. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.